You're listening to the Yoga Teacher Resource Podcast. Knowledge, techniques, and inspiration for your teaching and your practice. I'm your host, Mado Hesselink. If you're a yoga teacher who loves learning, is passionate about spreading the benefits of yoga, and desires more resources to support your teaching, you're in the right place. Let's get started with today's episode. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for checking out episode one of the Yoga Teacher Resource Podcast. This episode is going to be a little different in that the tables are turned and I am the person being interviewed. Future episodes will alternate between me interviewing someone else and doing some solo shows, but I thought it would be helpful to share a bit of my story first and my inspiration for doing this podcast. Before we get started, let me tell you a little bit about Michelle Ashley who is the dear friend and student interviewing me. Michelle has spent the last decade coaching, consulting, and mentoring professionals, youth, and community leaders around the world. Michelle is committed to building bridges for real conversations, authentic connections, and inclusive communities. Whether it is a one-on-one coaching session or a group session, Working with Michelle is about real talk, real solutions, and real change. Michelle is also a certified yoga teacher, which is where I originally met her. I asked Michelle to do this interview with me for a few reasons. First of all, I knew that she would be absolutely poised and comfortable, which of course she she did a fantastic job. The other reason is that Michelle graduated from teacher training this past December. So she provides the perspective of a newer yoga teacher. It's really important to me to provide information on this podcast that's helpful to yoga teachers of all different levels of experience. And at the same time, I recognize that the newer teachers are the ones who need it the most. So getting to hear from teachers who have not been teaching as long helps me to keep things accessible and relevant to them. I really hope that you enjoy the interview as much as I enjoyed recording it. I have to say that I had a huge smile on my face the entire time. It feels like such a privilege to get to share my journey with other teachers. I know that technically the recording isn't perfect, but that's part of why I chose to do podcasting. You see, when I write, I tend to get caught up in like, oh, it's not good enough yet. It's not ready yet. It's not done yet. And it really slows me down. And with podcasting, I just don't have the capacity to, to put together a really professional, polished product. So I have to move forward with good enough. And I think that this episode fits the bill. I was a tiny bit nervous recording it, but not as much as I thought I would be. And I really, truly enjoyed every minute of it. So without any more preamble, here is the interview. Thank you so much, Mado. That was so sweet of you. Yes, I am super excited. I, I can't even believe that it's finally here. I, I remember when you talked about wanting to create this platform for those of us who are new to yoga, to yoga teacher platform, being inspired after taking yoga teacher training. And um, I'm just so honored that I get to spend this time with you. And yes, those days of yoga teacher training were amazing. I remember the day I had my little mini meltdown my first day thinking, I can't do this. How am I going to like be a yoga teacher? I'm barely practicing. So to see how far 
we've both come in that time is just super inspiring and exciting. And I know that since graduating yoga teacher training, I've definitely had a lot of questions, even though I'm someone who has run her business for almost 10 years now, but this is a whole different platform and there's just so many questions and like so much I know for myself that I have wanted someone to come in and say, this is how you do it, or let me give you, you know, some insight into what might help you in your journey. So for all intent purposes, I would say, let's just get started. Awesome. So I know for me, it's very easy as having known you as a teacher and always watching you and learning from you. One of the things I thought of was to ask you, how did you even start your journey? How did you even get into yoga? That's a great question. So it's, it's kind of funny. I grew up, I was a bookworm. I was <laughs> like completely non-athletic. I was the, that classic kid who was picked absolutely last for every group physical activity. <laughs> okay. You know, you can picture it. It's yeah. kind of, it's kind of uh, almost like a, uh, a cliche. Right. And I never thought of myself as a physical person. I thought of myself as an artistic person, a cerebral person, but I was not in my body at all. Wow. And when I went to college, now I did love theater. That was like the one place I felt like I belonged. Really? Yes. <laughs> theater. And I, I went into theater. I became a theater major in college. And oh. my instructors incorporated some yoga into our theater classes. So that was, that was really my first introduction to yoga. Wow. And at the same time, many of those, or a few of those instructors and a few upperclassmen, class people, in the theater department were part of a karate dojo. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, this was not a... This was not a commercial dojo. It was a very small, intimate, family-like dojo. Oh. And for some reason, I, I was attracted and I wanted to join that dojo. So I, you know, I requested to join and I, th I think, I'm not even quite sure why I wanted to do that. I think partially was because I was born in Japan and my stepmother's Japanese, although she wasn't my stepmother yet at the time, but my dad right. is a professor of Japanese history. So having been born there, having lived there, I felt, and, and this was a style of martial arts that was a very Jap it was a Japanese style. Okay. So I felt an affinity there. And then I also felt a desire to belong like we all right. do. Right. Of course. However, I mean, cause I had seen that, you know, I had, I had talked to them, the members of, of the dojo and I could see that they were intimate, that they were family-like. Right. But what I didn't understand was that they didn't just, you don't just accept someone into your family, like, just because they're like, hey, I want to join your family. So right. actually, the first, the first period of being part of that dojo was really hard. They test you, and they're not nice to you because they want to make sure that you're really serious about it. Wow. So it like these people, even my professors, who were like, you know, nice and welcoming and right. cool people outside of the dojo were like, were all of a sudden reserved and, and like they were the, you know, they were the, like the higher level belts and they were treating us like lower level belts. <laughs> me. And I say us because the, the thing that got me through that time was 
another theater major who started the dojo at the same time as I, and is to this day from having bonded over that experience, one of my absolute best friends in the world. Her name is Burke Parker, and she is an amazing landscape painter, actually mostly cityscape painter, based in Los Angeles, California. So uh, please okay. check her out. She is incredible. So I have a question, if you don't mind me asking. Go ahead. How did you get from the dojo to yoga? Thank you. Thank you for keeping so, me on task. I asked. Because I so I'm trying to think because they seem so opposite in a way. Do you know? Like, yeah. Dis- but yeah, how did that connection come about? No, that's that's actually exactly how it came about. Which was that they were so opposite that I started noticing how nurturing the yoga felt when oh. I would when I would take you know, when I'd have those snippets of yoga in my theater classes. And so I started seeking out more yoga. And I I went to a public college, a medium-sized public college in the middle of the Midwest. I went to the University of Northern Iowa. And so there was like no yoga at all (laughs) in that town at that time. This was Mm -hmm. like the late 90s. (laughs) Right. So... I started seeking it out. I found videos like Rodney Yee videos, old school. Then a woman moved back to town. She had grown up there and her name was Jennifer. And I met her and she had lived out in the, in the West. And she was like, oh, I love yoga. I'm going to, I want to start teaching yoga. And I don't know if she'd done a teacher training or not, but back then you really didn't need to. Right. And so mm-hmm. she started a yoga class at a church and I went to it and I loved it. And I tried to get my boyfriend to go. He was not into it. Oh gosh. Yeah. So, so she was my first yoga teacher and kind of ironic, but like a decade later, she became a huge YouTube yoga star. She changed her name to Sadie. So her name is Sadie Nardini. Probably some lip oh, listeners yeah. have, have heard right? of her. Now we're going to all go and Google her now. <laughs> <laughs> she was my first yoga teacher and I was kind of one of her first yoga students. So that's, that's how I got into yoga and I loved it. And then fast forward a few years, I graduated. I, I joined a teacher training. I moved back to Asheville and I was like, I love yoga so much. I, I, you know, I need a teacher training. I want to do it. I want to get deeper into it. Right. And so I joined the teacher training and like two months in, I found out I was pregnant. I was in a, yeah, I was not in a stable relationship. It was really dramatic Oh my gosh, Madeau. Yeah, so I quit the teacher training at that time, and I started it up again when my daughter was two. So I ended up having my daughter, and when she was two, I went back and I finished the teacher training. Wow. And yeah, that's my story of how I got into yoga. I love that because so many of us tend to think before we go through the training, and I know this was true for me, that those who end up becoming successful yoga teachers or people who like have this very horizontal line, you know, they got into yoga, they're totally inspired, they're perfect. Like the story is like the cliche, because I know hearing your story is so inspiring. Like it, it really doesn't matter. It's just you, you continue on that path. Because listening to your story, I'm like, oh my gosh, that is amazing how you got into yoga. It's sort of like, who would have thought? That was very interesting. Well, I think the takeaway is that it was nurturing for me. Mm-hmm. It was like this constant, this practice that, that was feeding me. And so that's why I was motivated to keep going back to it and to, to choose it really over, you know, I don't do martial arts anymore. I do, I do CrossFit though. So that was, that kind of like <laughs> took the place of that side. 
Mm -hmm. um, I'm really into and interested in finding balance and finding ways that different disciplines can feed and inform each other. Right. But the yoga has always been like the soft nurturing heart for me. Right. Nope. I can totally relate to that. And I'm sure many of us <laughs> can. Um, that's so true because yoga is very nurturing for sure, for certain. So here we are now and you're a yoga teacher and you're in it. So what actually inspired you to start the Yoga Teacher Resource Podcast? Oh, yes. Thank you for asking that. That's awesome. <laughs> so that's uh, huge. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I went, so when I first started teaching, like I think a lot of other teachers, I was very excited. I was very passionate and I really wanted to keep learning. I, I could feel and, and see and experience how my teacher training had really only dipped, scratched the surface. And so I knew that there was so much more. But it was really hard to find. And as a, the mother and then soon single mother of a special needs child, I did not have the resources to be traveling all over the place. This is what I saw a lot of successful people did. They were younger and freer. And so they would just find a teacher and follow that teacher around or right. travel around and take all these workshops. I did not have the resources to do that. Okay. So I, I really, you know... It, I feel like it took me a lot longer to get where I wanted to go to get the knowledge that I wanted because I didn't have as much access to, to a variety of teachers. Right. I love, and I am so grateful for the teachers in Asheville, the teachers I got to study with mm -hmm. and the people who came through Asheville and the ones, you know, I had to be really choosy of where I spent my money, but I did take, you know, some workshops in Asheville. Right. But I feel, I, I know that there are lots of other teachers like me who, for one reason or another, leaving their town and traveling around isn't going to be realistic. Of course. And so yeah. this, this project actually started as a website, and my website's teachingyoga.net. And so I would, you know, my intention was to fill that website with so many resources and what happened is that I had some consistency issues, like my, because I, like we all do, yeah, my life would take a turn and my, you know, my, my child would be challenging or my relationship would be challenging or just paying my bills would be challenging. And I would, and I would drop off my, you know, my attention on that website. So it, it ebbed and flowed. And I had another child just, uh, so I had another child two and a half years ago and then I built a house. So, so really, my you had a lot going on. <laughs> yeah, my my attention really dropped off the website for a, a, a big chunk of time. And then, you know, I had this moment of kind of peeking through the clouds of being like, okay, I think I'm ready. I think I'm really ready to to fulfill my intention of providing a resource mm. for people who are passionate about sharing the benefits of yoga and right. are lifelong learners. Well, we're so grateful. You picked up that intention for certain. And I really respect and appreciated the point you made in terms of not really having the access or not having the flexibility for those of us who can't just pick up and go and follow, you know, one or two yoga teachers that really inspire us. And, you know, we really are in the information age. And so, so many people now are tapping into podcasts and webinars because it allows us to just get so much more 
in a shorter span of time. So thank you so much. It's so true. We are so lucky. I, you know, I mean, it's, it's definitely a double-edged sword. Mm. There's some issues with distraction. <laughs> right. We can uh, to that. But, you know, since this is the age that we're in, I, I definitely want to take full advantage of it. Awesome. So I want to get a little bit more deeper so that those of us who are listening in, we can get an idea as to what to expect. So what kind of topics do you plan to cover and, and how would they find those topics? Okay. The topics I plan to cover will involve yoga techniques. So for example, I have a woman, Crystal Frazee, who is a, both a very experienced yoga teacher and also a physical therapist coming on to talk about breathing mechanics and pranayama. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, yoga philosophy, yoga ethics. I have one of my dearest friends, Anna Ferguson, who has been teaching trauma-sensitive yoga and has been leading really successful workshops and trainings in trauma-sensitive yoga with her business partner, and now I think a few business partners. Uh, she's going to talk about how to take the yamas and niyamas and the ethical foundations of yoga and use them to handle difficult students. Nice. So then we'll, we'll also talk about business topics of, of how to be successful as a yoga teacher and what that even means, what that word even means. Oh, yes. Thank you. Thank you so much. I so, think we sometimes get confused as to what does that mean for me now that I've graduated? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and, and it does mean different things for different people. So yeah. it's important to do some, some swadhyaya, some self-study work to figure out how, how do I know that I'm succeeding? <laughs> because right. you, you got to get clear on your goals first. So the other thing I wanted to say is that the way that I'm finding these topics is that I have a Facebook group Neat. for professional yoga teachers. It, it's the yoga teacher resource uh, community on Facebook. And if people want to join that, yes. go to my website, <laughs> teachingyoga.net, and then there's a button that says join the community, and there'll be a link both to join the e- my email list to get notified about new podcast episodes, and then also a link to join the Facebook group. So, you know, I'm basing my podcast episodes on what people are asking about in that Facebook group. So I want to make sure that all of these episodes are super relevant to people. Oh, that is awesome. That is a great idea. And we're very grateful again, because I can tell you just by some of the topics you've already listed, my brain is snap crackling and popping because it's so right on target with things that for myself, I've even thought of. And I do love the fact that you cover there is this period of reflection, self-reflection in terms of what does that mean for me to be a yoga teacher. So having this kind of guidance and being able to access that kind of resources is huge. So I want to talk to you and ask you, what are some of the things you wish you could share with new yoga teachers starting out? Like if you could go back to say the first yoga teacher training course that you did with a group of students, like what would you want to come back and share with them? Oh my God. (laughs) Let's keep it short and sweet because I'm sure over the years you've probably seen so much, even in your own personal path. Of course. Yeah, there's, there's a ton. And I will say that part of the, this is something I didn't get a chance to talk about earlier, but part of the inspiration for this podcast is that back in February, back, you know, shortly after I first told you I had this idea for this podcast, right. I 
was working on a, I started working on a project of talking to 100 yoga teachers, just quick 30 minute phone conversations, just to see where people are at, what they're struggling with, what their passions are, and what their goals are. So I'm about halfway through that project right now. And one of the things, this is leading me into the first thing that I wish yoga teachers knew. One of the things that comes up again and again is when you become a yoga teacher, you become a business person. And that is not addressed in teacher trainings. And there's really not, I mean, if you take my teacher training, I teach the module on business and it's one hour and that's all I get to do. You know, so I don't, wow. it's, like, it's like basically not a module. It's like uh, an outline of here are the things that I think right. you should take into consideration and look up on your own. And it's understandable because a 200 hour or 230 hour, 250 hour, however, however many hours are in that base teacher training, it's not even enough to cover just the foundations of yoga. So of course we don't have time to talk about business. And a lot of those people who take the 200 hour training don't ever end up teaching, don't ever end up being a yoga business person. Mm. But if you do, if you do, teach and you do, especially if you plan to make even part of your living teaching, you become a business person, right? Become mm -hmm. a business owner. And in order to feel successful, in order to have your goals met, you need to build some business skills. And I'll tell you that this is something that I had no idea of not <laughs> zero. when I, you know, like I had, I was like everybody else. I had stars in my eyes. I love yoga. I want to teach <laughs> Right. And yeah. the people who I like was looking to was like the people who came before me didn't necessarily have business skills and they, they, they were popular or some right. of them were the ones that I was like wanting to emulate. They were popular. Um, I have no idea how, what their bottom line looked like. It mm. looked like they were, they were making a living teaching yoga. Mm -hmm. But the thing is that kind of like what we were just talking about the world is changing really fast. That is so true. And so the people who came before us, what they were doing and how they became successful is not necessarily going to work now. Ooh, now that's a big pearl that you just dropped. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's so awesome. So it's really important to, to find trainings. I think if you can have the training be either with somebody who's trained outside of the yoga niche mm -hmm. or, you know, go ahead and go take a straight up business training. Either one of those will, will work. I myself have been like, I have invested thousands of dollars in business trainings at this point because I, I'm finding I'm at a place in my yoga teaching is, it's kind of funny. It's kind of like, um, not a full circle. It's like a spiral, but I'm, you know, how right. I had that desire for, for more yoga education for so long. And now I'm at a place where I actually branch out and I try to take trainings, not just in business, but in Pilates or other movement modalities or just straight up hardcore anatomy. So that, mm. cause I'm, cause that's where I get more new information just at this stage that I'm at yeah. now. And I love that you shared that, Mado, because it took me back to my days of just, because I'm a certified life coach. And when I went to life coaching school, it was the same dynamic. And that was almost a decade ago. And that was very like, yes, we're going to train you on how to be a life coach. But the whole business aspect of it was not there. So I really, really appreciate. And 
appreciate you stating that. And even as someone who's gone through yoga teacher training, that's still a whole new world in terms of marketing and branding and niche. Like what, what would you say about finding a niche or whatever like that? Because I know sometimes as a new yoga teacher, you're still, there's a lot of, a little bit of an insecurity there in terms of how do I do this? <laughs> like I know how to tell somebody how to get into downward dog, but how do I get people <laughs> to actually come out to my class? Yeah. Okay. Well, you're asking about niche and I think that people have a, a lot of fear about niching down because they think that they're going to be limiting themselves and limiting their scope. Mm -hmm. But what I've, what I've learned about kind of the current state of yoga and, and what it's like in this, this environment where there are so many yoga teachers is that it's actually very, very helpful to be really clear on who you are best able to work with, who is the audience, the population that is going to be most served by you and speaking directly to them. So I want to I want to give a caveat with that is that I do understand that right when people graduate their teacher training they may not be clear about that. Mm. I like to think that from I I don't like to think I I've noticed I've paid attention and it seems like for most people the first few years of teaching is almost like your second teacher training. So I don't wow. and I think we talked about this before but I don't necessarily recommend going from a 200 hour and jumping right into a 500 hour. Right. You get yeah, you more, you get more benefit out of that. Well, I think they're calling it the 300 hour now. That's the new um, terminology. Okay. The advanced, the second teacher training. If you have about two years of teaching under your belt first, then you get more out of that and you're going to do a better job choosing the right one for you. So I feel like for the first few years, it is okay if you do not know what niche you want to do, but don't think of it as these first two years are about like really building my, my brand and building my tribe. Think of right. it as, okay, this is a continuation of my teacher training. This is a time for me to take in as much as I can and really pay attention to what feeds me and what I'm good at. And nice. so that's, it, it's kind of at the closing of those few years. And it, did, it, it varies for different people. Some people might only take one year. Some people might take five. But there will be a time where you start to get clear on who you want to serve. And that's the right time to pick a training, an, a, a second level, 300 hour, or maybe a, a, a you know, yoga therapeutics through the uh, Yoga International. That, those are 700 hours, whichever mm. one you want to do maybe 800 hours, something like that. But that's the time to pick your, your next level training when you are ready to niche down. I love that. I really love that you said that. I could feel myself exhale when you said that to take that <laughs> year or two after teacher training to really see it as this is a continuation of my training. That yeah. was that was a big aha for me, seriously. I've never actually heard you say that. So I was literally sitting here like, oh my gosh, she is so right. And it just made me feel even more inspired to like jump into, let me just focus on teaching and holding that space. That was awesome though. That's fantastic because what I, re I really hope, my, my, you know, my secret biggest wish is that people listen to this podcast and when, when it's over that they feel inspired that they feel like pumped to go teach. That's, that's my kind of my biggest goal. <laughs> well, I don't think that'll be a problem. Of course, I'm a little bit biased, but that's okay. Um, so 
there's so much going through my mind right now. And I know that we have time that we want to put in as much as we can. So I'm thinking about mentors or what would you say, or what advice would you give in terms of developing relationships to help us along once we're done with our teacher training? Because I know for me, once I graduated teacher training, I definitely had a few of my teachers who I was just like, oh my gosh, <laughs> like I definitely want to learn more from them. Like the teacher training was just not enough. Uh, that's a great question. I, you know, mentors have been super important for me and I think I learned a few things from actually not, I had more of a kind of traditional, well, you say traditional, but back when I was, coming up, you didn't really pay people to mentor you. Um, you just, you just kind of showed up at their classes a lot and, and you asked them questions. And so I did that and that was really wonderful. And it wasn't until I was a bit um, farther along and really starting to pay attention to these things that I recognized that they couldn't really give me as much of themselves as I wanted mm. because I wasn't paying them. Got it. And so now, like I said, I was at that point, I was not really in a position to, to pay a lot of money to anybody, but I wish that I had at least hired them to do some privates with me when I had right. a little extra. So, and if you do have, if you do have the resources especially in that kind of gap time that those few years in between a teacher training, the first teacher training and, and a second teacher training, I definitely recommend setting aside some money, maybe even like whatever you're making teaching, because hopefully you have another job during, you know, during that, hopefully, that right. initial time, right? <laughs> exactly. Because otherwise you're, otherwise you're too stressed to focus on learning. So you, you might take whatever you're making from your classes and reinvest it in a mentor relationship. Nice. Nice. That's, I appreciate that you say that because I think it's important for us to hear that, especially coming from a yoga teacher, because I know we like to live sometimes in this nirvana state of mind. <laughs> but the truth is, is that it keeps things balanced. I'm a big believer in that in terms of energy, the give and the take. So it's good to hear that. Is what there, keeps things balanced and it, and it allows them to really fully wholeheartedly support you mm -hmm. because you're supporting them too. Right. That makes and, absolutely You know, the story that we, that we, that at least I came up with is, oh, I was supported by my mentor. So now I'm paying that forward and that's awesome. But what happens is that as yoga is exploding, our attention is getting drawn in 50 different directions and the people, a lot of times the people you want to work with as a mentor, they don't have the bandwidth to be giving mm. to everybody who wants to learn from them. Makes total sense. Yeah. Good. I really, I'm so grateful that you said that because <laughs> I think we, we do need to hear that a lot of the times. Um, is there any other pearls of wisdom that you wanted to share with us before we got into letting everybody know how they can support this and the best way to participate with you? Anything else that you might want to add? I guess the, the one final thing is that when we first 
start teaching when we, especially when we graduate from a teacher training, sometimes that teacher training is in a very particular style. And so we have strong opinions about how to do yoga and (laughs) like that there's a right and a wrong way. And I definitely was like that. (laughs) I definitely had really strong opinions. I'm sure I was really obnoxious. Not that you're obnoxious. I I just tend to be obnoxious. (laughs) No, I totally relate to that. But I, I've done, I mean, I have made 180 degree turns in my opinions about certain things that I was sure about when I was, when I was a little bit newer as a teacher. And now I feel (laughs) the opposite. And so I just want to invite people to have some spaciousness around their opinions. You can have your opinion, you can teach a certain way, but really work on um, that when you hear people have an opposite opinion from you, notice if judgment comes up, notice if you have that feeling of being right and create some space around that. Just know that you may eat humble pie. (laughs) (laughs) Every once in a while. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I call it the, the, the yoga neophyte phase where you leave teacher training and you're like, are you aligned? And it has to be this way. So I'm giggling in the background because I can totally relate. Absolutely. So where can people support this project and what, what's the best way for them to participate with though? Well, the easiest thing to do is to subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Even if you plan to listen in a different medium like Spotify or whatever, mm-hmm. subscribing on Apple Podcasts is going to help people find us. Okay. The other thing that you can do is go to my website, sign up teachingyoga.net. You can click on the join the community tab to get emails from me that will give you uh, links to new podcast episodes. And then also I'm sure that as I come out with programs and stuff, you'll get notified of those. Also join the Facebook group so that you can, yeah, you can join the conversation. And finally, if you are interested in having a strategy session with me or working with me, you can go again to teachingyoga.net. And click on the tab that says work with me to find out more about that. Awesome. Well, I have no doubt (laughs) after this, your inbox is going to be flooded. I, for one, am super excited to be able to continue to learn and grow from you and with you, Mado. Thank you so much for creating this platform and, and sharing these bits and pieces of yourself with us. It is such a joy. I always love whenever I get to learn from you. So this has absolutely been so much fun for me. I wish I was sitting here. I feel, I feel like I have like a notebook and pen. I'm like, Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Uh, Well, you can listen to the episode. (laughs) That's true. That's true. (laughs) So I definitely feel triple, triple blessed. I can't wait to, to listen in on every single podcast. I have no doubt it's going to be amazing. Thank you, Mish. Thank you so much. And I, I am very appreciative of you taking the time and energy to come and be on, to interview me for this very first episode. Um, I also want to let people know that my goal, my plan, my intention is to have a action that I want to invite my listeners to take at the end of each episode. And we're going to keep it really simple this time, (laughs) which is that on my website, like I said, there's an invitation to sign up for my email list. And that's what I'd like you to do, because when you sign up for my email list, I will send you a 
list, a document, a PDF of 100 yoga class theme ideas. So your assignment is to sign up for my email list, download that list and just read through it and see if any of them inspire you to, uh, to use in your next yoga class. Awesome. That's all right. Well, that's it for today. And from now on, I'll be the, the kind of the interviewer and I'll also do some solo shows. So hope everybody has an amazing day and I will see you next time. Or something. Or something. (laughs) Thanks, Mado. Bye. Okay, so that was the first episode of the Yoga Teacher Resource Podcast. My gratitude to any of you who listen the whole way through. That is uh, amazing. And also super grateful for Michelle, who took the time and to share her spark with us and interview me. I said at the in the intro that I wasn't as nervous as I thought I would be, but a little behind the scenes, I hadn't purchased the full subscription. I was on a I was on a intro package with Zoom, which is the conferencing software that I used to record my conversation with Michelle. So we were running out of time (laughs) and I actually, you know, it's so funny during the interview, like running through my head, I almost was trying to purchase the full subscription while I was talking to Michelle. And at a certain point, I just aborted that mission and decided, no, we're just going to finish. And and we did. We, we got our timing just right. But what I neglected to do was to share how people can get in touch with Michelle if they would like to find out more about her. So her website is hearthustleflow.com. That's H-E-A-R-T-H-U-S-T-L-E-F-L-O-W, hearthustleflow.com. So I hope you will check her out on that. And just one more time to say thank you. And I hope that you will stay in touch. I hope that you will join the Yoga Teacher Resource Facebook group. Take advantage of the amazing variety of yoga teachers in there. Ask your questions, participate, and be part of the conversation because I do pay attention to all of those conversations and the topics that come up the most. I am planning absolutely to make podcast episodes out of them. All right, everybody, until next time, have an amazing day.